Amen. Praise the Lord. Remain standing for prayer. Remain standing for prayer. And then if every team member who is going to Zambia this week will come up here. Uh, also, please come up here to the front and stand across the front if you would. I know that somebody said, well, just have them stand, but we're all standing. So all of y'all who are going to Zambia, come up here. We want to pray for you. And uh, boy, Brian, I tell you what, I'm just glad that I didn't wear the same thing. <laughs> you and the other Brian did, because they would have had a really hard time telling us apart. I know. <laughs> Good thing I don't play drums. I mean, wow. So praise the Lord for that. And where'd they go? What? Oh, you're up here. Um, is this all of you? One, one of us are in Dallas. Yeah. One's in Dallas. Going to meet you there. Okay, who is, who's in? Okay, yeah, Gary Phillips. Uh, we know him from being at our missions, uh, Mission Central and so forth. So, so what we're going to do, Brandon... And uh, you, can get on the, you can get on that end, and we got Brian here on this end. And what we're going to do, actually, is we're going to apply what we just sang. Amen. So it talked about, uh, you know, I'm going to war on my knees and, and the battle and praying. So, uh, you know, this would be my philosophy of that if we bring these guys up here, as we will with other people who are taking trips this year, this very year. Um, then... Um, we will do some advanced battleizing by praying. We'll build some hedges by praying, so hopefully we don't have, you know, bigger battles to fight while they're while they're you know while they're over there. Uh, because I don't know, six or seven years ago, however long ago, we we um, basically the major missions project of our church is adopting a church that had a school in Nakande, Zambia. Um, and we partnered with Mana Worldwide, and we built a feeding center uh, with them, and actually we bought the land as well that school's built on, and so helped with all of that, and so it's a church, and it has a school, and so they got a feeding center, and basically the money that we pay, I mean, this is so efficient, it's only, what do we tell people it is, $30 a month or something, I mean, $30 a month, any, through any other organization, $3 of it gets to the field. In our case, $30 allows us to feed the kids, um, kind of get them a school outfit, I think, um, educate them, pay teacher salaries. It becomes the economy of that area. When Tom was last over there, they discovered that they had pr- planted five churches back further in the jungle. So... So this is kind of our major mission, main mission function for us as a church, and many of you adopt the kids over there, and I thank you for doing that because, it, you know, it's about four grand a month that we're sending their way, uh, and, uh, you know, it's a major mission function because it is, it is our church reaching not only the least reached, Nakande is maybe the hardest place to get to in the world, one of them, anyway. <laughs> But reaching the least of the least reached, the littlest of the least reached, because, you know, dealing with the kids and so forth. So for that reason, uh, go ahead and bump elbows with your neighbor and let's uh, pray for this uh, entire group right here. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the way that you've led us, led the praise team, led in the singing. Uh, let, let us to come before you, Lord, uh, fighting the battle on our knees. First, God, we want to clear away. 
We want to pave a way in prayer for this team that will be going to Zambia. Lord, it's a tough trip. It's a hard trip. God, give them traveling mercies. Lord, we pray for their safety uh, as they're gone. We pray for their health. Uh, Father, we pray you'd protect them physically, but Lord, use them. Uh, use them in the midst of that locality and, and with, with not just the church there and the pastor there, but other pastors and uh, God, in, in, in anoint them and endow them and do them with the Spirit of God as they go to take the Word of God in that place and see a work done that um, a lot of it's not even known by us. And yet it's a work you're doing, and we can support from afar. And um, so, God, give them great success on this trip as they follow you. We ask it in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. May be seated in the Lord's presence. If you have your Bible with you, turn to uh, Daniel chapter uh, 12. Daniel chapter 12. We're kind of turning a corner on the summer today, I'd I'd say, especially if it's going to get up to 90 degrees or whatever in the first week of May. Um, so usually in the summer we take either Sunday nights off or Wednesday nights off. Well, Wednesday nights um, our adult classes are meeting, so, so we'll take Sunday nights off except for those roughly one time a month um, where either, like May 24th, we will have part of our mini parenting conference or um, in June, I think it is that we will take the Sunday before all church retreat, maybe to uh, have a prayer night and a, and, a, and a you know night talking about retreat and uh, praying in advance of that. So about once a month through the summer, we we will still have it on Sunday night. I'm going to encourage you as we turn the corner to find find a place, take a part, be a part. Um, your very physical presence here makes you a part of Christ's body in this location. So you need to be a better body part than just a toenail. And you need to be a member who's functioning and doing some things. We want you to do that. So turn the corner with us because, you know, COVID's over and uh, people coming back and now... Yeah, you know, you remember during COVID, everybody was thinking, oh, if we could just get back to where it was before, I would do so much, and I would witness these people, and I would, well, you know, so we're kind of kind of back to normal, and everybody's saying, oh, uh, I need to get my water wings for uh, going out to the pool. Uh, okay, we'll go out to the pool, but also, you know, don't neglect what we have to do here together and what God can do to use you, and... Um, you know, for so for this summer as we turn the corner, uh, today we'll finish up the book of Daniel. Now, I don't even know if I ought to admit this. I preached every chapter in Daniel before. I never preached chapter 11, chapter 12. I never did. Because it's hard. And I'm chicken. <laughs> so I never preached it until chapter 11, whatever it was, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, chapter 12 today, so you all be praying. Um, because these are just, you know, tough to get through. Um, but, uh, you know, then we'll be done with Daniel. I think we will go into the school of the prophets, meaning I would like to take you into the minor prophets. And just like we took one, cha- one Sunday for each chapter of Daniel, take one Sunday for each book of the minor prophets. And that will be, uh, expositionally, will be in the school of the prophets. Topically, 
Um, you know, I'll do a couple more messages on the thought of the single-minded life, and then I will turn a corner this summer and get into uh, marriage and family. So that'll complement the parenting that we're doing and so forth. You know, I think, and this is my sidewalk definition, but to me, teaching, Bible teaching means I've got to give you an explanation you can learn from and an action you can apply. If I don't do that, I'm not a very good Bible teacher. So that means that teaching the Bible, whether I do it here, one of your adult class pastors do it, you do it when you disciple someone, or you do it in a sports devotion or whatever, um, it absolutely affects society. It is absolutely tied to life as humanity because we're the ones who know that God has spoken to us and we have his words. And it's very important since we know that, that we use that to affect others because that is the only answer. And every week, sometimes seems like every day we wake up, there's a mass shooting. There is something going on, if not in our neighborhood, in America someplace. And, you know, we've got all this to deal with. And, the, you know, lost people do not have the answer. And the, the things they do to try and staunch it and stop it never work because they never get down to changing the human heart. We have the answer. We've got to get it out there because God has spoken to us. So, you know, we all like the saying, all's well that ends well. And yet often... It does not end well. Uh, Sometimes our life does not end well. The episode does not end well. The movie does not end well. The series finale does not end well. The playoff does not end well. The game does not end well. And we could almost feel that way about the book of Daniel. In chapter 10, he's fasting and praying. The result of that, the response to that is in chapter 11. He's standing on the banks of the Tigris River. The angel of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, speaks to him from from the river and Daniel receives word of an impending war. And now as the book closes, Daniel receives a revelation about four groups of people whose lives echo into eternity. Look at, look at verse 1 with me, and at that time, what time? What time is that? Well, you've got to get the context from chapter 11, verse 40, and, and you know, you're going to, I don't know what to tell you, except you're going to have to catch yourself up to chapter 12. I mean, if I took enough time to walk us back through everything we saw in Daniel till we get to this spot, I'd have two minutes to get to this chapter. So uh, it's on YouTube, it's on our YouTube channel, it's a sermon archive, whatever, Uh, If you haven't spent those 12 weeks with us in this book, um, this will even be a little bit more difficult chapter. And well, then I feel like I need to be one of the Incredibles or the Uncrustables or something in in order to successfully preach this chapter. So so I will bring bring you up to speed in this way. Chapter 11, verse 40 explains what that time is. It is the time of the end. So at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. So Archangel Michael wars against the devil to stand for the promises that God made to his people Israel. Revelation 12 verse 7. 
And that is in spite of the fact that there will be a time of trouble. As, as verse 1 says, it's called the time of Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah 30, verse 7. It's, and we saw it. We saw it described in the last 26 verses of chapter 11, which made that chapter so hard. So he says, there will be a time of trouble such as never was. So just so you know, it's not been fulfilled already. It's never yet happened in history. It's going to take place in the future. Never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. So Jesus calls it the great tribulation, Matthew 24, 21. During that tribulation to come, persecution sweeps over the earth as the devil attempts to exterminate the Jews. Through the Antichrist, he attempts a final, final solution. And at the same moment, terrible calamities envelop the earth in order to punish the Antichrist and prevent it from happening. But during that time, four groups of people receive honor and glory. Watch, verse 1. And at that time, number one, thy people shall be delivered. Okay, this flies in the face of every modern Christian denomination today. Oh, not even just modern. It flies in the face of Roman Catholic teaching. They think they are the kingdom. Flies in the face of covenant and reformed theology, of charismatic teaching. I mean, practically any, anybody that you would uh, tune into on TBN or Hillsong Channel or whatever, and if they were talking about end-time events, they would all say that the church has replaced Israel despite what... The Bible actually states, Thy people shall be delivered. Number two, everyone that shall be found written in the book, which is called the book of life in Philippians 3, uh, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 3, and Revelation 22.10. And for the Jews, called the book of remembrance, um, Malachi 3.16. And many of them that sleep, verse 2, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Number three, some to everlasting life. At the resurrection of the just, Acts 24, verse 15. And some to shame and everlasting contempt at the white throne judgment, Revelation 20, verses 11 to 13. Okay, so we got thy people will be delivered. Daniel's people, Israel, the Jews, we didn't replace them. God's getting back to all the promises. Matter of fact, he's using an archangel named Michael to make sure it comes to pass. The devil is against that, and so is most modern theology today. We are for that because the Bible is for that and God is for them. Everyone that shall be found written in the book, those who are resurrected, awake and stand and are resurrected to everlasting life. And then verse three, number four, they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they shall turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So the people you witness to, the people you give your testimony to, the people you tell how to get saved, well, when they trust Jesus for everlasting life, they will make up your crown of rejoicing when Christ comes back. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19. And that's better than the crown of St. Edward. What was it? Four and a half pounds, five and a half pounds of 22 karat gold. That's like really almost pure gold plus big diamond in the front and all sorts of precious gems. I forget how many hundreds of precious gems scattered around. All right, I'm going to try and do Charles one better. Let me see if I can do Chuck one better. And 
Uh, you know, I want mine to be six and a half pounds. And, and, and so verse four, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. The interpretation, the explanation of this book is sealed to the Jews until after the church is caught away to be with Christ at the rapture. And then they will understand from the book of Daniel what is happening at the time of the end, which they are then facing, what will happen then, and what will happen, what is happening even now at the end of the church age. Well, verse 4, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. People are running to and fro. First, regarding knowledge, they are tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4.14, you know, they don't... They don't know whether to spit or wind their watch. What do they got to do? Be baptized in water, perform sacraments, visit houses on behalf of the watchtower and tract society, do temple work in independence, keep the Sabbath, speak in tongues, what? They're running to and fro. And since 1881 and the English RV, not, not revised version really, but replacement version for God's words in a King James Bible, they run to and fro seeking the word of the Lord, Amos 8.12. Well, if I don't understand it in this version, maybe I'll understand it in that one. No, why don't you do the work of studying your Bible and rightly dividing the word of truth and be a workman in the word? And yet they never find truth, 2 Timothy 3.7, because there's no certainty of the words of truth in their translation Proverbs 22, verses 20 and 21. Just try reading those verses in the King James and read it in every other translation. See if, see if what I say is not so. So we are increasing knowledge from the scholars and the skeptics and decreasing certainty and security. Verse 5, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, two more angels, with the one from chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, the angel of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, uh, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on the other side of the bank of the river, and the angel of the Lord is Jesus. He is walking on water here, just like he will be 566 years later in Mark chapter 6, verse 48, on the Sea of Galilee, and as he will be in the future, Revelation 10, verse 2. You know, it's, you know, one thing you got to keep in your mind, understand, Jesus did not begin to exist at Bethlehem. Okay, now all of us, we didn't start existing till we were born. Not so Jesus. He existed before he was born, and so he appears in your Old Testament. And angels always appear as men in the Bible, no wings. And one of the other two asks the angel on the waters a question and for the rest of this chapter we have two angels two questions two answers and one admonition for Daniel verse 6 and one said to the man clothed in linen which was upon the waters of the river how long shall it be to the end of these wonders not how long between now and when they start because actually that had already been given in Daniel chapter 9 But how long will the duration of this great tribulation be? 
It, it is a time of trouble for Israel. It is a time of wonders done by the false prophet in order to cause people to worship the Antichrist as God. Revelation 13, 13, 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, and Matthew 24, 24. Verse 7, And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half. So in the Bible, time and times is code switching. It is code switching for the word years. And we know that is the case because of the previous revelation in Daniel chapter 9. One time plus two more times plus half a time is the last three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week of years, which he was shown in Daniel 9, verses 24 to 27. You say, well, why didn't the Bible just straightforward, why didn't God just straightforwardly say it like that? Because he's not casting any pearl before swine. He ain't given, yeah, you know, if, if somebody's a skeptic, they're not going to get it. If somebody doesn't believe that the words they're reading is God's words, they're not going to see it. You see, you got to take the, you got to compare script. You got to believe that actually 66 books, 40 human authors was one divine author, and it's one mind. It is God's mind for humanity today. Verse 7 And when he, the Antichrist, shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Now the holy people is Israel, the Jews. Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. Don't get it twisted. It's not you. It's not me. It is not somebody else's church or denomination. It's not the Jehovah's Witnesses. No, it is, it is Israel, Deuteronomy 7, 6. So, but watch what that means right here. The Antichrist is going to succeed according to your King James Bible, in scattering their power, but not in destroying them. We know that there will be a remnant who believe, who are reserved to inherit those promises God made to Israel. But it might be worth your time to note that the Christian Standard Bible, the English Standard Version, and even the new King James says that their power will be shattered, not scattered, thereby corrupting, twisting, defiling, and destroying the revelation you get from a King James Bible. The NIV says their power is broken. The New American Standard says their power is smashed. So you can clearly see that's a horrible translation from the way that that same word is used in 1 Samuel 13, verse 11. Same Hebrew word. And, and, all of these versions hypocritically translate it with the King James Bible word scatter or disperse in Isaiah 33, verse 3. You say, well, Alan, why is the reason they corrupt this verse? Why do they corrupt this verse like that? Say, I'm just telling you, I'm just, I, you know, I am, I am your toto today. And I'm pulling the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz. Welcome, welcome to uh, Yellow Brick Road, Dorothy. Uh, they corrupt this verse because they believe that God is done with the Jews. Therefore, they are having Jesus say that, that the Antichrist will shatter them. 
not scatter them, but shatter them. And they say that because they believe their personal kingdom denomination has succeeded the Jews, supplanted the Jews, takes the place of the Jews, uh, replaces the Jews. I mean, that's an outright attempt to corrupt and destroy sound doctrine by changing God's words, which came to us in the King James Bible, and to do it with such hypocrisy because they translate the same Hebrew word exactly the way the King James does, but not in this verse because they got an agenda. Hello, somebody. So the first question concerns time. The second talks about results. Verse 8, And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? What's going to happen when it's all over? Now, in one sense, the answer was already given at the end of verse 7. But you know, this is so like us, because if you're going through a time of hurting, uh, you're asking one or both of these questions. How long, O Lord, and why are you allowing this? I mean, either still the waves or lift me out, because I don't know how to swim. Verse 9, and he said, go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. So God tells Daniel, in spite of this magnificent, fantastic, terrible, and terrifying revelation, he tells Daniel and he tells you, get back to business. Or in Jesus' words in Luke 19, verse 13, and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. I mean, aren't you glad that God did not tell you five years ago what, was, what the last five years have held? Pandemic, protests, politics, and Putin. But when John writes the book of Revelation, Daniel's book's not sealed up anymore because the time is at hand, Revelation 22, verse 10. And because we have been able to overlay Revelation on top of the book of Daniel, we're able to understand it. But even so, this is my first point for study. This is our thesis for today's study. Do not become so absorbed by prophecy that you lose touch with your responsibility. Some things in the Bible are just nunyers. They're none your business. And after Daniel, if we go into the school of the prophets and we spend 12, you know, we spend 12 Sundays in Daniel chapter at a time, we take 12 Sundays in the minor prophets, one, one week for each amazing book. And I, and I feel like I got to do that because, we, you know, we're turning the corner into summer and everything is fine. I mean, it, I mean we are, we are, you know, we got it made in the shade with a glass of lemonade. Now, we, you need to use prophecy to give you some motivation during these last days of the church to fulfill your responsibility toward God's purpose in eternity. So what shall be the end of these things? Verse 10, many shall be purified and made white and tried. And that is a reference to tribulation saints, both Jew and Gentile ones. But that is also a reference to what God is doing with you right now. You know, we don't have a discipleship lesson on suffering. Maybe that's a mistake. So let's just say you can use this sermon as the substitute 
If you look there on your handout at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 4, for verily, when we were with you, Paul says, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass, and ye know. Romans 5, verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, now watch, uh, you, you know, you participate in plenty of Facebook, uh, you know, types of quizzes where it, somebody says, okay, I did this and this and this and this in my life, and I want you to copy and paste, and I want you to tell all the things you did. Let your friends say all the things they did. You know, did they grow up doing that or, or, or whatever? Okay, here's a checklist for you. Shall tribulation, shall distress, have you ever been distressed by stress? Or persecution? I mean, not even for um, the gospel necessarily. Has anybody ever just bullied you? Or has somebody been against you at work or at school? Or famine? Well, you know, maybe we could stand to go through that a little bit more. But Or nakedness or peril or sword? Well, like I said, every day, scroll on the news feed, and it comes up with somewhere in this country, if not in your neighborhood... Romans 12, verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. How do you do that? How can you be patient in tribulation? By continuing instant in prayer. That means praying on the spot. That means praying is your first response. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 4, God comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And we included an entire passage from uh, Acts chapter 14 where Paul and uh, his peeps, the STP gang, uh, STP, Silas, Timothy, and Paul, and they're uh, with him in Lystra, and Paul gets stoned in Lystra, and they drag him out, you know, I mean, sure looks dead to them, and then as the disciples are standing around figuring out if they're going to cremate or dig 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 a grave, it says, verse 20, he rose up. And, you know, you and I would have run the other way, but Paul says, look, I mean, if I'm going to come back from the dead, I might as well make good use of it. I'll just go right back into Lystra. I'll go right back in the city. And, 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 and verse 21, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples, verse 22, and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. The Jews get all of theirs at once, right at the end. We get ours throughout life. So that we can have the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. As you won't have that fellowship if you don't suffer with him. And you need to be able to suffer with him so that you can read God's providence back into what brought you the suffering and go on from there to use the comfort he gives you to comfort somebody else. Our first point for study, God uses tribulation to set you up for usefulness in ministry now and for his future kingdom. 
Do not stop doing your job. Your job after you get saved is get discipled. Your job after being disciples is disciple somebody else. Your job is to know and grow in the word of God. Your job is to be a godly man, woman, spouse, parent, and become progressively sanctified, set apart by God to service for Christ. You are supposed to be building his body, this church, to glorify him throughout eternity. But lest you get too starry-eyed about your future, remember the end of remember verse ten. But the wicked shall do wickedly, because that is their job. That was their job in Daniel's day. That's their job in ours. You know, are you doing your job as a believer who knows you have God's words? Verse 10, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. You can, you can understand. That's the profit of preaching. That's what profit you get from listening to preaching. That is, you know, the profit of simple English Bible exegesis. So search the scriptures like the Bereans did in order to critique the critics. You need to take back your righteous mind with the mind of Christ, the word of God. If you reject the scriptures that God gave you through the operation of the Holy Spirit and his hand through history, then God takes away your ability to understand truth. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Ezekiel 14.4, and Daniel 12.10. Verse 11, and from that time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up. Now that, that desecration of the temple, setting up an idol in the temple for people to worship, well, that was done by the Greek king Antiochus Epiphanes between the Testaments. That was done, uh, you know, by Titus, the general, in A.D. 70. Well, those, those were just historical pictures of what the Antichrist is going to do. Neither of those are the fulfillment of verse 11. The fulfillment is Revelation 11.2 and 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 3 and 4 and Revelation 13 verses 13 to 15. So from the time that the Antichrist breaks the seven-year covenant that he confirmed with many Jews and breaks it right in the middle, then verse 11 says, in answer to Daniel's question, there shall be 1,290 days. Huh. You know, the Jews lived by a lunar calendar, and they had a year of 360 days. Every few years, they would add an entire month back in to keep the season straight. But three and a half years is 1,260 days. And now here in Daniel, the Lord tacks on another month. So, so it doesn't all end the moment that we return with Jesus. Well, why not? Well, because Revelation 14, Revelation 16, Revelation 19, they all let you know there is too much mess to clean up. You've got to bury all the dead from the Battle of Armageddon. You, you've got to destroy all their weapons, Ezekiel 39. You've got to let Jesus do the judgment of the sheep, goat nations, Matthew 25. So, verse 12, Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. I mean, that's another 45 days after that. And now we are two and a half months over the three and a half years. Well, what's up with that? Well, you know, Charles became king as soon as Queen Elizabeth died. 
I only had his coronation just yesterday. So I think 1,335 days is the inauguration of King Jesus, also called the marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19, verse 9. And it's after everything is cleaned up, and it's after all the judgments are done, it's after all his rule is established, then there comes blessing, and he is our blessed hope, Titus 2.13. Verse 13, but Daniel, go thou thy way till the end be. And Daniel did go the way of all the earth. Verse 13, for thou shalt rest. Just like Jesus shows us the beggar Lazarus resting in Abraham's bosom after he dies. Luke chapter 16. Because the Old Testament saints, they couldn't enter heaven yet. Because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet and he had not carried and borne their sins, been made for sin, you know, been made sin for them yet. And the blood of bulls and goats, it could cover their sin, but it could not take away their sin. And so their sins were remitted, but they were not yet fully redeemed. There was not full redemption. We have full redemption. Because we, we are baptized by the Holy Spirit the moment we get saved. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, And the Holy Spirit then indwells us and seals us until Christ comes back to redeem our body. Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. Chapter 4, verse 30. Romans 8, 20, 23. So we are completely saved. You are completely saved as soon as you trust Jesus for everlasting life. Isn't that good? And so now when we die, Paul says to be absent from the body is to be right there present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 6 to 8, who is seated at the right hand of God. Romans 8 34. So while Daniel's salvation is a little different than ours, verse 13 says he will still stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Because at the end of the tribulation, there's a national resurrection of Israel, Ezekiel 37 and a physical resurrection of Old Testament saints. And the word resurrection means that their body and ours, if we fall asleep in Jesus before the rapture, will stand up out of the grave. Baptism pictures that. You stand up out of the baptistry, out of the cattle trough, baptistry. And And there are actually seven resurrections in the Bible, and we teach you about those in our D2 or Discipleship 2 class on Saturdays. There's only one more of those before summer break, so start fresh this fall after the break for the Saturday Discipleship 2 class. Another confusing question is about judgments, because there's a judgment of the Jews, the Gentile nations that survived the tribulation, judgment seat of Christ, for church-age saints and judgment of the unsaved dead. There are actually seven judgments in your Bible, and we lay those out for you on paper in D2, as well as in some Living Faith Bible Institute classes. And, and the reason we go into this is because you need to see something. In the 30 days, so there's 30 days of cleanup, then 45 days gets the judgments done and Christ's rule set up, Then after the marriage supper of the Lamb, we come into play and we will rule and reign with Christ depending on our willingness to have suffered with him in this life. 2 Timothy 2.12, Revelation 5.10, Revelation 26. The apostles get thrones, Luke 22.30, and we rule with them in the millennium 
But we inherit rulership with Jesus into eternity, Revelation 22, 5. And who knows, you may have Kansas City to rule over. Or you may even have America to rule over. And then you can do what you think should have been done all along. But if you're not willing to suffer, if you're not willing to reclaim souls for God's purpose for eternity, then you do not reign. And you will suffer loss. And you are saved, yet so as by fire, 1 Corinthians 3.15. So rot's a ruck ruling Siberia. Some of y'all are going to be pooper scooping behind polar bears in Antarctica, I'm just saying. The environment will be restored, the climate will be changed, the earth blossoms as a rose, Jesus will rule with a rod of iron, there will be no national friction. No crime wave, no gangs, no drive-by shootings, no innocent children abused, trafficked, or killed. And we will be in glorified bodies just like Jesus, 1 John 3, verse 2. Now, I've reserved my time for several principles, several practical things that you need to apply. And these are three principles I want to lift from our 12 Sundays of dealing with Daniel. So these are life-changing things. Number one, the more time you spend with God, the more teachable you become. That means some of your time every day needs to be in the Bible. You know what? Five chapters of Psalms and three chapters of Paul's epistles will get you through both of those in a month. Or else use our prayer diary Bible reading schedule. Give God the first day of every week, Sunday, in worship here at the church, the first dime of every dollar, because that's how we keep this going, and the first part of every day. Be consistent in those three things. And throughout this book, Daniel is lifting insight from the scroll of Jeremiah. And from that reading, he gets courageous confidence in God. So God wants to speak to you exactly the same way, not just on Sundays. Get discipled so that God can be speaking to you then. Be a discipler because God will speak to you fresh, brand new, every time you teach a lesson to somebody. And if you come to the end of your rope... Continue to join us in the Word. Piggyback, piggyback off of us as we go through the Word because it will lead you and Christ will never leave you. God takes care of the sparrow and the lily and He careth for you. And you know, maybe this is why you become so irritable and frustrated and angry and intolerant all the time. You're not full of faith, so your heart is not being established with grace. Hebrews 13, 9. But number two, the more you investigate God's words, the more dependent you become. Daniel's asking questions because he's dependent on God's words. How long? Why? What's the end? How about my people? So investigate God's words. Be a researcher and not just a reader of the word. Be a workman in the word. Study Search and research it because number three, the more truth you discover and apply, the more powerful you become. Daniel and his three friends, they go through the depth of problems 
but he does it with the word of God and prayer. That is why it works when nothing else will, and it will always work, because the Bible is sufficient and prayer is the best response. God wants you to reach your network of neighbors, family, and friends with the gospel, but he also wants to satisfy your soul. He wants to quiet your mind. He wants to still your heart. He wants to inform you about the future. And to do that, the Spirit of God always answers to the Word of God, and that is why the Word of God will do the work. So, the time you spend with God makes you teachable. Investigating the Word of God makes you dependent. And the more you apply His certain truth, the more powerful you become in this life and for eternal reward. So the end ends in Daniel twelve thirteen with the Antichrist and the false prophet in the lake of fire and the devil chained in the bottomless pit, Revelation chapter 20. And then Revelation 20, 21 and 22, pick it up at that point, but this is enough for Daniel. That day cannot come soon enough for me. Every day I pray, even so come Lord Jesus, Revelation twenty two twenty. That request is on my permanent prayer list. And we've got to understand these things together. We've got to be guided by these things together. And this is what gives us direction and motivation in our life. Are you in touch with the one who is behind eternity? God is alive and well. He wants to give you what your heart needs today. Now, not what you want, because you don't know what you need. He's going to give you what you need. Take what He offers you today. Take it by faith. Jesus offers you right now everlasting life for believing in Him. John 3, verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. I mean, either it's true or it's not. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to say about it? If you don't, if you don't accept it, if you do not believe and receive, you're saying no, it's not true. Okay, well then, what do you think is? What do you think's better? What do you think is better than you standing up out of the grave to have eternal life? It, it what reincarnation in an endless process? That if, if it ever does end, it's just going to be absorbing you into the universe? Yeah, right. Well, okay. Well, what do you think it is then? You just die like a dog and there's nothing else ever known? I mean, that's not what God's telling you. John six forty seven. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Okay, this is the truth. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And if anybody should know, Jesus should. 1 Timothy 1.16, Howbeit for this cause, Paul says, I obtain mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Will you believe Jesus for everlasting life? You know you're not saved. Do you not want life after death? I mean, no matter how sinful you've been, you can have a life eternally with God. All you got to do is pray your heart to God, knowing that He hears. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And all you need to do, you just need to pray and say, God, save me today for Jesus' sake. I have heard 
the joyous sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. I, 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 want, I want in on that. I want that to be for me. I, 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 want to, I want to know that I'm born again. So I trust Jesus today for everlasting life. I trust Him for exactly what He's offering me. I may not get all the promises of Israel, but I, I, He's promised me this. So here, Jesus, I give you my life. And if you'd go ahead and stand with us, we'll get ready for the praise team to sing us out. If you, praised, if you prayed and trusted Jesus for everlasting life today, come, come forward. I, I want to give you a copy of my book on next steps for new believers. Sign up for discipleship on your way out. You know, if you yeah, attend here and get fed here, you need to be a member here. You can come up and talk to us about that. If you know, you're saved, but you're never been scripturally baptized uh, by immersion in a way to show you standing up out of that grave of, you know, that you were in Christ. You die, you die, you accepted him, so you died in him, and now you're alive by his life. Okay, if you want to picture that in baptism, come up and let us know. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. I am your mother. You listen to me. Bring your mom to church today for Anglos is next Sunday. If you do not bring her here, you are a bum 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 Sunday after that's graduate news Sunday. So if you're graduating, let us know. I think the ones we know of, there is a box. Check out the boxes in the lobby for all the graduates so that those of you who are not graduating can maybe get one of the things they would like as a graduation gift and let it be from you and from us and from the church. So uh, check that out. Uh, then the week after that, we'll enroll in the School of the Prophets Summer School. Praise team, send us out singing. <laughs>